0: You're listening to episode 99 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your co-host, Andrew.
1: And I'm your co-host, Eli. Welcome back to the show. This is nigh well, um, a significant number, Andrew. 99. Nigh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you want to know another significant number? Is 17, do you know why that's a significant huh. number? Why? Well, because where I'm staying right now in uh, in the mid-Atlantic region around Washington, D.C., 17 is the number of years which it takes for cicadas to crawl <laughs> out of the ground and uh, descend on the local area. So this this month, maybe next week, we're expecting billions of cicadas Uh to emerge and fill. I mean, literally people like crunching on them. When you walk down the sidewalk, there are, and this hasn't happened for 17 years. Wow. So I remember in my childhood, actually, yes. there
0: being a time or two where lots of cicadas, yes, like, yes. and they're, they're, they died in the park. Yeah. Right,
1: there are these different broods, like, and you know, they have different names, and they sort of come at different times. But this one is one of the biggest. I mean, I do remember again. I remember both of them, and it's not only crunchy, <laughs> all the little guys, but they are like like over 120 decibels. I mean they're so loud it's like wow, dangerous for hearing in some places. So, that's coming up. That's pretty exciting.
0: Eli, the, the number I thought of when you said, "Do you want to know another significant number?" was <laughs> 23 it immediately came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea why?
1: 23.
0: You could actually guess this.
1: That's how old my wife will be? Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Five children in. Yeah. (laughs) Fruitful vine. Uh, No. Michael Jordan's number. Yeah. Well, of course, that. (laughs) (laughs) That, for whatever
0: reason, came to mind. Anyways, 99 is a significant number our 99th episode. And our guest today is recording live with us from Tatarstan. Eli, I came across a fascinating article having to do with the Caucasus and Tatarstan recently. Tell me about it. They had their first uh, representative of Tatarstan and the Tatar people get a victory in the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship. All right. Uh, uh, his name is Rinat Fakrit Dinov. And uh, the big deal about it was it was such a huge deal in Tatarstan that at a federal level, they're kind of going all in, like making him their guy. They're investing money and infrastructure and training to raise up the next generation. But one of the like, you know, top people in the Republic made some pretty bold claims about they're gonna get get to Dagestan's level and surpass them.
1: Oh, those fighting words right there. (laughs) He actually said,
0: "We are in war with Habib's team." Uh, they love it. Um, they're serious oh, about
1: sports. I went to Tatarstan once. I was in Kazan, which is an amazing ancient city. So, for those of you, who, those of our listeners who are not familiar with this phrase, so the Tatars are a huge block of Muslim peoples. I don't know how many million they are, but they're in sort of central, northern central Russia and they it was not a it's not a different country it's Russia, but it 's like its own republic thing, Tatarstan right. and so Kazan is this amazing capital that' is this big mashup of Russian and Tatar and everything and I you know I was just there for a couple of days, but I do remember looking out and someone pointing to me the different sports arenas that had oh. been built in the you know the last twenty ten, twenty years. Huge you know there's the hockey one, and there's this one, so I'm not surprised that they are going all in with their uh, with their uh m m a guy
0: yeah, so of not. course we wish them the best Absolutely. Um, but uh man, just shooting for the stars right from the get go saying we're gonna get to the level and pass dagestan i mean
1: don't they know that's only going to make dagestan better <laughs> It's kind of like my father in law was like this, you know when he was in his seventies and health was declining and we're camping. And of course, you know, the wife and the sisters are like, dad, you can't do that hike. And he's like, that's all, all you need to say to ensure beyond a shadow of doubt that he will go do the hike. <laughs> it's like, all right, what? game on. Did he do the
0: hike? Yeah, he did it. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, we have a awesome guest today. I'm pumped about this interview. Um we Eli, one of our focuses uh, for 2021 is we wanted to um, have more guests on the show to highlight some of the smaller uh, peoples and nationalities of Dagestan.
1: Of which and there are this
0: many. Is a, oh, this is a great one to kick it off with.
1: Amazing. From the
0: Kaitag people, give it up for Magomed. Welcome, Magomed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. I mean, uh, it's it's
2: it's kind of overwhelming to be a representative from the entire population of people, but I'll, I'll do my best. We have no doubt. It
1: is a real privilege to have you on the show and no pressure. We know you don't represent the whole people, but as we've all said, you're the first Kai we've ever met. And that any of our
0: listeners have ever heard Heard from. So yeah, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Magomed, it's really a privilege to have you on the show. Uh, how we met is awesome. Um, I, I want to. I don't know if you know this this uh, backstory, Eli, but negative. Uh, I, we got a Facebook message on our podcast page about two years ago from a Dagestani guy named Abdurahim, and he also is from another small Dagestani people, the Agul people. Mm. But he's a listener to the podcast, and uh, and he wrote me. His English is good. Um, We've corresponded the last couple of years. I think he lives in Moscow now, but from Dagestan. And about a year ago, he sent me your Twitter feed, Magomed, and said, you got to connect with this guy. Um, So I've been sitting on it. And uh, we finally, yeah. I actually... It's called I stalking, actually, Andrew.
1: It's called stalking. No, I in the <laughs> last two weeks, I registered a Twitter account. So wow! Guys, this yes. is big. Like, Andrew breaking into new new media, social media platforms. Wow. I'm, I'm going to totally... <laughs> Andrew, know. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry that I was the reason for you to introduce this platform. <laughs> Apology not accepted. This is total disaster.
0: You know... um I'm literally only on there to connect with you. And there's a couple others I reached out to as well. But um,
1: do you have a following, it, it, Andrew? Are you, are you becoming uh, an, an influencer? Just I will
0: that. never post. And <laughs> um, yes, I only follow Magomed uh, so I can message him. So anyways, um, Magomed, it's great to have you here. Um, why don't you tell us a little just about yourself personally? Where are you from? What are you doing now in life? And then we'll go from there.
2: Well, uh, what to say about me personally, there isn't anything particularly extraordinary like about my biography. I just, um, I finished my school in Dagestan, spent my childhood there. Then uh, once the time has came for me to apply for for university to get to obtain degree, I left to Russia, like many, many young people, there are thousands literally who do the same thing. So, and now I'm studying in in Tatarstan, uh, in, in a city nearby Kazan. It's... Uh, in, it's called Anopolis, and there is a university in it. And I'm obtaining my bachelor's degree here as a software engineer. So that's all, I guess. <laughs> there isn't there is a, isn't anything more.
0: Yeah, that's great. I have to ask first of all, your English is amazing, ext- extraordinary. And specifically, I'm talking about the speed. I mean, you speak quickly. Um, please tell me, you learned English so well from studying programming language
2: well it is obviously part of the reason why i <laughs> I, 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 I know english is that i'm software engineer and uh, most of the innovation they appear in the in the western in, in in the usa in particular and if you want to be at the edge of this industry you have to uh, you you have to be able to get to obtain the knowledge from the first hands and therefore it just was the the iterative process you know the more you work the more you obtain english and, uh, and the more you obtain english the more you're able to to read so it's just as it's and and besides of that obviously the uh, the, the education in this university where I studied in English so this is obviously a huge uh, huge, uh, you know, uh, the, the factor why I, I know English well because we're here coming, uh, we're here people from various countries in Annapolis like people from right. Middle East, people from Europe and, and mm-hmm. from other parts and you know, obviously we communicate in English right. so that's, that's how I get these spoken skills
1: well it's noticeable, well done it's pretty amazing yeah. so I you wish said
0: I, uh-huh. go ahead
2: you know it's 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 also uh, maybe in, in, in 10 and 20 years people in Dagestan will i mean people in Dagestan already i can see how much uh, how much how much uh, effort they're putting into learning english because mm-hmm. i think yeah. a, a, a example of habib it showed them that you know english is a is a merit of is, its attribute of success that okay. and, and 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 when habib you know uh, raises this belt and becomes champion and then he speaks english i think it's a good example for other people that and, and obviously habib knows not only english he knows his native avar and you know Turkish, and i presume some level of arabic obviously as being mm-hmm. a Muslim. so it's, it's expect Dagestani to be very good at english soon so i'm I, i'm not sure that some exception here
0: yeah well you, you make a really good point, actually, about Habib. You know, it's so easy to, like, look at these wrestlers or fighters as kind of these jocks, kind of, you know, they do one thing really well, but he's a really smart guy. I mean, he right. speaks so many languages. Um, yeah. Um, besides, so besides that, uh,
2: multilingualism was a common thing in, in, in other parts of Caucasus and in Dagestan in particular, because, you know, Dagestan is called a mountain of languages. So right. there isn't a single nation, a, a single ethnicity in Dagestan that is not surrounded by at least two or three, uh, maybe sometimes even four neighbors with whom they extensively communicate uh, for, the, for, for trading or, or, or studies or right. education. So it, it, was a, it was a common thing for our people to have at least some basic uh, knowledge of, of three four languages in addition to their native one, obviously. So this also, oh. uh, even from historical, historical perspective, I can't say that I'm, I, I, I'm something unique. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it sounds, like
0: you, it sounds like what sounds like what you are saying is Dagestani's are the smartest people in the North Caucasus. Correct?
1: <laughs> Be well, honest. I'm, I'm being
2: honest. That 90 percent of all the no so let
1: me finish <laughs> i'm kidding
0: of course
2: 90 <laughs> percent of all i mean something like something about 19 percent of all the manuscripts in in north Caucasus prior to prior to the the, the modern times after after the after the russian conquest it was found in 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 dagestan wow. so you can see oh. that dagestan indeed was a central center of education so in in, in some way well
1: so, and it makes I mean, sense because you know for for any of the world powers that have that have Traips through the region, they have to go around, pretty much. You know, it's got to it's got to go around through Dagestan. Um, and that that would make sense of, of why there's more exposure there. You can't go oh, yeah. right up through the middle. You know what I'm saying? I uh, yeah.
0: I think we just coined a new phrase: all roads lead through Dagestan. Ooh, I like that
1: yeah. yeah,
2: the city of Derbent, was part of part of the Silk Road. So there's there's it's, it's, it's I mean. And obviously the Derbent is, is the only, not perhaps not only, but the most convenient path uh, from the Transcaucasia into the North Caucasian plains. Yes, plain. so, yes yeah, exactly. A lot
1: of trade robots are there. That was a much smarter way of saying what I was trying to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Man, so Magomed, you said you're from Dagestan. Tell us specifically what part of the republic you're from.
2: So... Uh, I have to make a remark here that my, my let's say, maybe uh, five first years of my life, uh, I've been born in, 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 in Russia, in, in, in the southern part of Russia, you not know, the city of, of, of Rostov. And uh, my, right. my five uh, first years, I, I, I lived there and then my parents, they, they returned to Dagestan. So, but yeah, apparently, yeah. I, I, I don't remember much from that time. So all, my, all, all of my conscious life, I remember myself being in Dagestan. So okay. it, 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 even though I was born not in Dagestan, it's fair to say that I'm Dagestani in and out. So yeah, uh, and and my parents, they, they uh, we, we, even though we live in Mahajkala, uh, as, as uh, I guess most people in Dagestan nowadays, because of work and economical conditions in mountains are not so good for people to sustain their families. But my my parents, we our family comes originally from this uh, southern parts of Dagestan that's called Khaitag and we, we call this Khaydaran and. And uh, subsequently, we call ourselves Haidakante. So this Haidak, it's one of the historical provinces of, of Dagestan. And it is, okay. it is inhabited by, by, uh, by, by the people who speak one of the languages of the Dargic branch of Northeast Caucasian people. So, and and gotcha. officially, officially, we are considered to be a sub-ethnicity of Dargians. And subsequently, our language is a dialect of, of Dargin, with which I am not quite agree, but we'll return
1: to it later. <laughs> Well let's just go there why do you disagree
2: Well I disagree for for, for a number of reasons and main reason is that uh, the standard Dargwa, the literal language that was established during the soviet time and uh, my native Haidaqanai it's that they're not quite they're, they're, there's very little mutual intelligibility between them they are quite diverse and, and this is not just with my language there are so you see officially officially as a, as a part of this legacy of, of soviet times there is only one Dargin language with let's say 15 dialects but in reality and it was proven by the recent uh, linguistic researchers uh, and uh, by by the recent linguistic researchers that uh, in, in fact dargic branch is is a whole family of languages comparable with the germanic branch let's say in europe right in in, in europe people wouldn't say that german and, and, and swedish and i don't know uh, german and english or 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 icelandic they are the same languages of course they are they are relative languages. They they share oh. <laughs> uh, they, they share a fair amount of words, maybe some grammar, and they had there some common ancestors. But today they are they are quite distinct, and uh, due, due to various reasons, and they are distinct languages. The same thing here. Dargin, uh, of course, there is now an established literal language of Dargwa, but the point is, I can't understand it yeah. most of it. Yes. Yes. And. And, 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 and even in the basic lexicon, you will see a lot of, a lot of differences. In it. for example, I know the most obvious thing is that in, in, in Dargan language, they call mother and father Dudesh. And in my language, uh, mother is uh, Uba and father is Atta. So you see how much different there isn't anything in common, at least in those two words, Nesh Dudesh and Uba Atta. And, and and there are also a lot of other things in which in, in, in grammar, in phonology, and in all, all the various aspects of of, of language, from a linguistical point of view, we are quite different. So let me interrupt I... and ask
1: a question about this. I I've this is a I've wondered about this. Let me know your thoughts. It seems to me that in the Soviet era, there may have been some benefit to kind of obscuring or hiding a little bit some of the minor differences among the language groups. I don't know exactly why, but it seems like the Soviet program wanted some kind of tidy packages of language groups. And if you stepped outside of that or pushed against it, it would kind of have negative consequences. Whereas today I think with language activism and, and better scholarship, the real diversity of languages is coming out. Would you agree with that? Uh, Obviously, obviously, uh, I can definitely agree with the second part.
2: With the second part that, uh, due to development of technologies and all this, what you call activism, is it's it's definitely the the languages who might not have had a good chance of developing in the previous century. Nowadays, they have real chance for 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 developing. Right, right, because of the technologies and and, and all the different things. But in, I've been trying, you know, I've been trying to find a logic in the way Soviets were were organizing the peoples in the Caucasus, and I can't find one <laughs> first, first, you, you, you mentioned some minor differences obviously i mean in, in, in case of minor differences, it might make sense to to kind of compose uh, the, the various people in, 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 into one entity for example, the Kaita language itself it's not a absolutely monolithic thing. So we have something like uh, four five uh, sort of Local idioms
1: wow. with
2: which there is no, there is not, uh, there is full mutual intelligibility between yes. us. But, but for example, my parents, when they talk to, to someone, to, to another speaker of Hydak, by the way, they pronounce certain, certain words or by the way, they use uh, certain you know, suffixes or lexics, they can say from which part of Hydak they are. So we we fully understand each other, but there is still some differences. It's not completely homogeneous.
1: That's kind of like I just want to jump in. That's almost that reminds me of Doctor Doolittle or Henry Higgins or some of these you know fabled British uh, philologists. You know from 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 something I'm familiar with. You know they would there's stories that they could listen to a, a you know last century a British accent and say what neighborhood you're from, you know? And, yeah. and this is more than accent. I know there's dialogical differences too, but it kind of, that, that kind of thing, it's still the same language, but like you said, idiom or maybe even dialectical differences.
2: So yeah, second part wow. to it. Uh, second part to it is that it isn't a minor difference. Like I said, there is huge, there is, huge, uh, there is uh, like considerable yes. difference yes. between yes. our languages and uh, I, if you allow me, I might share my screen Great. Just to show you, ju- just to show you the recent research, I think in the year of two thousand sixteen. Can oh. you see my my, my screen? Yes, oh it's my.
1: brilliant. So,
0: wow.
2: what you see, what you see, is the map of Dargic languages that is plotted by the Russian linguistics from the Higher School of Economy. Oh, this and is this fabulous. Is- yeah. So you see, this all by Soviet classification is one language, but right. clearly, this this family of languages <laughs> is is comparable with Germanic, uh, with, with with Germanic family of languages. So you see, right, l- let I me had, describe uh-huh. to
1: our listeners what we're looking at. So Magimed has pulled up this wonderful diagram. I love it, and there it there are um, a dozen or more different colored circles and blobs spread out, and it looks like a. What you'd see under a microscope? Yes, yeah, so I was going to say at, it looks at, biological, like a cell which, or amoebas. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're not surprised. And then some of them are similar hues. Like there's a bunch of blues with a big blue circle all around them, and some greens are together, and some pinks are together. And then, and so you, there's clusters, and then, and then the whole thing. There are two kind of main black dotted lines around two clusters, and then a couple outside of it. Anyway, so it's this kind of uh, conceptual map. I love con- uh, so. Let
2: me let me explain that. Uh, just, just the thing that you for now need to understand is that the literal Dargwa language that was established during Soviet times, and that is officially considered to be a, as my native language, it is, oh. it, it encompasses this blue area, what's called North Dargwa. The literal okay. Dargic language is based on the on the Akusha dialectical yes, w- 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 variety. Right. So, yeah. So, there is this, and then they, they have their uh, their relatives, say, Mehebdargwa, Gapshema, Tsutphar, and Muira, and stuff, and obviously, there is a the relatively high level of mutual intelligibility between them, because wow. even though those are, as well, different languages, they still belong to this so-called north central uh, cluster of the Dargik language. And then there is the south cluster, and there is Chirak, and there is Kaitak, and those are kind of, you, you, you see that there are much, there is much less mutual intelligibility between them.
1: Can you oh, tell me yeah. what are the numbers on the straight dotted lines connecting the individual circles mean?
2: It's it's you see it's cognates rate. Ah, it's rate. okay,
1: a cognate rate. Wow.
2: Yeah, it's 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 cognates rate, but but you see uh, this uh, line, for example, between between Kaitak and the north central part shows that there are seventy five cognates uh, between us. So uh, so I'm not linguist. So my my. Uh, my uh, my definition of certain uh, certain Got terminology may not be precisely rigorous, but but from my understanding, it's, uh, cognates are, are are the words that have the same root. Right, and, and it is true. We, we we obviously we have the same ancestor. We belong to the same Dargic family. So many many of our words share the roots, but then all these affixes and phonology and and, and 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 all this grammar it makes it much more difficult to understand that than it might seem uh, like from this 75 numbers. So 75 cognates, yes, there are 75 uh, percentage of, of cognates, but those cognates, they're, they're difficult to understand even uh, due to grammar and phonology. So yeah, this this is quite diverse family, and I don't want this family, this diversity to die. I don't want this diversity to wane. That's why I'm waiting for my, for, for my language and, and for, for our for our closest neighbors, such so as Kubachi and and others.
0: So, yeah.
1: Wow. That's a great... That's great. Thank you for showing this. We're going to put this in the show notes. Definitely, you have to send it to me. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Let me. So let me. Let's uh, back up a little here. I want to. Probably our listeners are (laughs) at varying levels of understanding what you just talked about, Magomed, But essentially, what you said. Correct me if I'm wrong. The kind of large, if there's one language that all those different ones you just mentioned are classified under, it would be Dargua or Mm Dargin, correct? And then. But what you're saying is, there's all these different, whether you want to call them dialects or offshoots of that language. Um I mean, a couple of those I have heard of: Kaitag, Chirag. Um There was one Kuba-chi, other.
2: Kubache, po- heard about Yes,
0: but then there were others. You mentioned Gudem. You mentioned Gudem. That's
2: also. Yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so that's why, like, I think you know the most conservative estimates, people will say there's 30 languages in Dagestan, but you'll often hear people say 50 to 100. Yes. And uh, what you're saying, it, it makes sense there probably are up to around 100 because of those strong differences within the yeah. families of languages. But um, did you grow up in Mahajkala or there yes. in the Kaitag region?
2: Yes, I did. I, I only spent, spent something like uh, maybe half a year during my childhood in the, in the home of my grandparents, and this is gotcha. where I I, I get this kind of initial knowledge of the language. And, and, and you know, the, the, this is really sad, but sort of in, in, in my household and, and all other, in, in many other households in, in Dagestan, and yeah. in particular in Mahajkala, I mean, people in domestic environments, they use Russian language because Russian language is everywhere. There are these yeah. tens of ethnicities in one city. And obviously the, the environment in Mahajkala, even though Mahajkala is polyethnic city, by all means, the environment here is absolutely Russian. So we've been talking Russian, obviously, in homes and it's been only up until, I think, two years ago, I started to, to you know, actively and consciously uh, learning my language. Wow. So this is how, yeah. But most, for most of my life, I had this, you know, passive sleeping knowledge, which I obtained, like I said, um, after the half of year that I spent in, my, my, in you, my very early childhood. Huh?
1: You said in, yeah. a, in an interview that we'll link in the show notes, that you call this um, kind of residual knowledge a package that a lot of people, a lot of speakers have, meaning they hear it from, from parents or grandparents and it's sort of put in their brains, but not really used. Is that mm-hmm. kind of the idea? Yes. I, but
2: I guess it only works with, with the children because you know, the brain of kids is, is very, is very plastic. It is capable of observing it, it, It's yeah. absorption abilities are incredible.
1: So I neuroplasticity.
2: I, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's how it's called. And, 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 I think this half of a year that I spent in my very early childhood was enough, kind of, to establish this foundation. And uh, with, with, uh, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm fluent in my language right uh, currently, but at least I, I have this foundation that helps me to move forward. So yeah, and I think this Man. is the case with with many other people. They they uh, have this package because it, it was a common practice. I, I'm not sure about now, but but up until recently, it was a common practice for people. Uh, to to send their kids to their grandparents in the village to spend yeah. summer.
1: And yeah.
2: So, yeah, this is how it is.
0: So it sounds like just, I'm, I want to make sure I understand this. Let's say, you know, on a lot of kind of these ethno-linguistic maps of Dagestan, the whole region you just described where you showed a lot of different languages that are spoken, it probably would just be all categorized as Dargene or Dagwa, right. correct? Uh, but actually, there in the villages, are they speaking in each different place the different languages, or are they speaking Dargin, or are they speaking Russian mainly, or is it kind of a mix of everything? And what's school oh. like, by the way? I'm interested. What, what what school too? What language are they speaking in school?
2: Okay, so like I said in the beginning of our talk, multilingualism was a common practice in Dagestan, uh, and 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 uh, obviously, apart from multilingualism, there I think were uh three perhaps languages maybe okay so uh, people besides knowing the languages of their immediate neighbors they also knew a couple of more languages that has uh certain uh that 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 that, that was serving a role of certain lingua franca so obviously Komuk, this turkish language of the plane it was a language of of trade and everything because you know all the trade roads everything is by planes so people 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 had a uh, good knowledge of of, Kumuk, of, of, of this Kumic language. Then there was Arabic language, obviously as a language of science and a language of, of religion. Then in the various clusters of Dagestan, there were also local lingua francas. So for example, in the in the uh, what's called mountainous northwestern Dagestan, the Avaric language was a lingua franca between those Andic and Cesic uh, and Cesic uh, local minorities, for example, and, 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 and I know from a friend of mine that this is the case even today, that in one of the Avaric districts, one of the mountainous uh, districts of the northeast Dagestan, uh, from the Northwestern Dagestan, they, within their villages, they speak their local, this Antic and Sazic languages, but, but in communication across villages, when they have to communicate with another uh, closely re- related language they use avaric as a lingua as a local lingua franca wow.
0: okay
2: it, even up to and this is amazing i think this this is this is a really good way and this uh, this is how it is historically been now when it comes to dargwa there, there as far as i know wasn't such wasn't such a such such coine, such a common lingua franca yeah uh, f- f- from our languages because you see in avaric in 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 the uh north western caucasus the avaric Nutsalate, this khunzak nutzalate with the with the uh, with, with capital in the village of khunzak it, it was kind of the center of power in yes. the on the north northwestern Caucasus. so obviously oh. it was it was yeah it was the center of power therefore the language was was uh serving as how avars call call it wal literally the language of army and this language mm. of army, it, it is a, it is a common historically naturally formed koine that was put as a basis for modern literally form of avaric language.
1: I'm going to jump in real wow. quick. You're using a word that uh, I think listeners may, might lose them. You're saying koine or koine, which uh-huh. uh, is from the Greek. The koine Greek was sort of a, uh, a standardized Greek in ancient Greece used uh, to, uh, uh to kind of unite and be able to travel and do trade is that right yeah so so generically a koine would be sort of a universal or tra- generic trade language mm-hmm. okay right point
2: and but, but but this wasn't the case with dargic people because dargic people first uh, we i think the main reason is that we were never part of one political entity and there was never part uh-huh. and, and, and there was never one center of power so you see in the map that i showed you those three muirak Aitak, and kubachi they were part of of one political entity what's called Utsmi eight okay and uh, then chirag i think chirag if i'm not mistaken it was part of gazi kumukh so it's it it is a black state then uh-huh. this then this north Dargwa, with capital of akusha it was the uh, federation of Akusha Dargo. They had their own political entity. Then this, uh, I'm not sure about Meheb, but sudahar they had their own kind of free society. Hmm. Then this, uh, let me move it, then this Gubden was part of this Komuk state, the Tarkisham Palate. So you see the, the populations that today consist, this, uh, that today uh, comprise this dargic uh, linguistic family, they were never part of of one of one uh, political entity. And I think, you know, that the question of what is language and what is uh, what is the dialect is never a question of pure linguistics. There are a whole range of different social, economical, and, and historical factors that affect this decision of yes. what to call language. That,
1: that I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest points that I hope our listeners would take away from this. When we're talking about... These, I mean, to to any outsider, this is totally arcane knowledge, you know, and and right. it can sound totally theoretical. But I think the point you just made is that every thing that you see today, linguistically, is in, in is a result of the interconnected socio political web. So you're talking about centers of power, you know, political power, and people being able to gather together and make their their place, you know, known and preserve it. That's not, you know, that's not an equal opportunity uh, thing. You know, some, some languages rise up and some, some don't. Uh, the way you've, what he's been doing while he's been talking is circling these different blobs, color blobs on this uh, diagram and showing how they lump together. And some, you know, aren't lumped very well. They're just sort of by themselves. Yeah. And that obviously continues today.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and it, was, it was only during Soviet times that they proclaimed all of us to be a one single entity that they called sure. dargins and I, and I have absolutely nothing against it i have not, I have absolutely nothing against this idea of of uniting people and the, the need for consolidation and mutual integration between all those various da people it 's it's, it's undeniable and that 's very obvious however, my problem is my problem is that Soviet, Soviet uh, government went with this sort of French way of nation building. So they proclaimed, okay, <laughs> so you see there are all these various, various languages and various local identities. All right, we discard all of them and we just go with one single literal language. That, ah, and and that we don't care if, if, if all the other populations were never part of the political entity. And most importantly, they have very, very little martial intelligibility between this. We don't care. So, we just, you know, so they, I, I, I definitely want our people to, to, to consolidate. But not at the expense of all our local identities and all of our all of our those those uh, various uh, beautiful languages. So I don't. You've got your I work cut want...
1: out for you. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. way you just described that Soviet way—that's kind of the co- the colonial way, the col- is, it, the it, it colonizer's is, it, it, way yeah. of of top-down kind of just uh, dropping on top of everyone. Well, Africa is a great example, particularly. Uh, well, all the colonial states in Africa, oh, look at these nice straight lines that have been drawn through <laughs> Africa to make these states. Like, well, that's not n- natural. You know, things were were chopped up for, for convenience. But I would say what you just, po- I'm sorry, this is just really, I think, helpful. The opposite of just letting everyone go their own ways is not, is not tenable either because you need to have some togetherness, right? There has to be yes, some absolutely. some cooperation. So there's some... You know balance in there
2: of, of course of course uh, th- th- there need to be some balance you see obviously when, when when we think about the the circles and levels of self identity you know a lot of people as I see on the internet when uh, they, they
1: they
2: whenever you see this uh, the, the, the movement for, so, for, for preservation or for development of, of their own language of all these dark, dark people I think is most strong with kubachis this 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 kubachins oh. people they they're really they're so passionate about these people and the, i can't say that kaitags have formed into sort of nation or ethnicity because you know you have to have some level of, of organization between people but i right. definitely can say that kubachins they are they are some sort of nation already that they, they care about their language then they have some very strong uh, very strong sense of self identity now Many people think that if you root for your own language, if you root for Kubachi, if you root for Kaitag, you are against the old Dargik unification uh. and you are separatist. So you see, there is, and, and, and this is super wrong. I can't emphasize a language so separatist. Because, yes. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it might sound like a joke, but this is this is really how some people regard, for example, some some activists from Kubachi, or or I I, I presume like some people who who saw my interviews, they even think that I am separatist. But I am not. I am just, you know, I. So you see those levels of identity. Why people think that those levels of identity are mutually, mutually, uh, mutually exclusive? You know why, why they think that if you are either Kaitag or you are Dargin, you either you either care about Kaitag or you care about the old Dargin identity. Those are nested nested levels of identity, and they they perfectly um, can coexist. You know, for example, if you ask me. My level of identity is obviously first there's Chaydak because that's a language. Kind of, I speak with my mother and stuff. And then there is this. Uh, I, then I'm Dargin, because obviously I can't I can't neglect this whole family of people who are the right. the, 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 the most close to me in, in cultural and linguistic in in, in, in linguistic uh, senses. And then there is Dagestan because you know Dagestan is also the the, <laughs> the, the country within the Caucasus on its own, right? And, yes, then, and, and then obviously I'm 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 I'm, I'm Caucasian. Yeah. Because I also recognize the similarities <laughs> and, the, and, and the common foundation, the common cultural uh, foundation between, for example, Chechens and Circassians and Assetians and everything. So those levels of self identities they perfectly can coexist, and I I don't see why people go this French way of of nation building. That mm. you obviously everyone has been on the same level. There's one language and one self uh, self and that's well, all.
1: I want to ask about that since we're here, and I uh, Andrew, sorry about your interview questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, what a really important element in language identity and language vitality is an issue of status and I think this is something that Westerners don't think about very much because we generally have such a flat society uh, in terms of status um, so i I was wondering if you could share about that to to be kaitag to identify as as Kai Tog and or as a katagg speaker does it positively or negatively affect your sort of publicly? Any kind of sense of, of status?
2: So you see, I should first of all begin with that Kaitag or Kubachi or any other Dargic uh, languages. They are not officially recognized. Officially, there is only one, uh, only one Dargic language, and that's all. And even though you know, like th- this is really crazy because uh, because this uh, this uh, image that I'm showing to you, it's from research that was conducted uh, collaboratively by, if I'm not mistaken, by this sil uh, organization yes. that that uh, that uh, you know manages this r- registry of of all the codes of languages yes. in the world uh. and, and and with russian uh, higher school of economy you know this uh, research School economic and uh-huh. so okay and and, and obviously uh, you know global linguists uh already certain that the the dark darg- 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 is not one language and those languages uh, and, and those what's what's officially uh, considered in dagestan to be dialects are distinct languages russian linguists are also are also uh, certain that those are distinct languages, and in Dagestan, oh. somehow people reject all of this and they say, "You know, there is only Targuine." <laughs> <laughs> because they know thing. better. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, um, I mean, obviously, there is a lot of political stuff that's going on with it, and I am not sure that we should go. Uh, 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 we should should go into this area during this podcast mainly due to the reason that this is a very deep issue and it will take us a lot of time but yeah Mm -hmm. let's say like right now it's not recognized and i'm working hard for recognizing it for 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 demanding recognition because i've made a request into this sil i've compiled all those resources obviously Mm -hmm. because i'm not linguist myself so i can't do any scientific claims myself but i compiled all those researches this paper and all other papers and i've Made a re- request for recognition for
1: Kaluga right. and Kubache. Wow! So, so just, Can- just real quick, what would official recognition actually mean? Who a who recognizes it, and b what does it mean? Because when people don't want to recognize stuff officially, usually money's involved or some yeah. kind of power. You know, politics. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I know there's, but is there a short answer to that question?
0: And what is SIL? Sorry. Okay, okay. SIL is
2: this? Is is this? Um, mm-hmm. SIL is this organization that uh, governs the uh, that governs the your, registry. Red, your
1: red squiggles are still on the screen. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like okay. a little, little chubby okay. robot. Now it's gone. Little person.
2: So, yeah, uh, this SIL is it's an international organization that is registration authority of all the languages. So it maintains the registry. So basically, basically, this is organization that governs the unique identifiers for all the languages in the world. And basically if you're if your language is registered, is, is present in the registry, then your language is a language. And you can, for example, create wow. Wikipedia translation in your language. So this is kind of, this is the database which contains all the languages. And if your language is there, then your language kind of is a language. Otherwise it's not a language, it's some local, I think mean, local, variety. Okay. maybe. Okay. Like and that,
1: that's all research-based. They're, they're super like thorough right. and top level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. And,
2: and answering your question, would that change anything? no it wouldn't it wouldn't change anything uh okay Kitek wouldn't uh, will not be taught in schools uh, books will not be published in it. it will not change anything because it all obviously uh local uh, locals don't care about what's 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 going on there in america or other stuff and sure uh, i mean sure so. but but it, it it brings important symbolic value for me that's first thing and second thing is that it is better than nothing.
1: So that's why I'm doing this. Oh, so, so, uh, wow. so KaiTag is not on the SIL registry, is what you're no. saying? Oh, no. wow. Okay. Eli, I, I did, saw
0: that. Um, I saw their
1: addresses
0: in the U.S. Maybe we could, you know, Dagestan oh, no. style. I, roll up. Lean on, lean, Don't do Don't lean on some people. With, a, with and some big some guys. Our, yeah, like get contacts. out of the car. Co- okay, yeah.
1: I like it. So <laughs> tap on the door with my big gold ring. Oh, like, ta-ta-ta. <laughs> Sorry. I
2: already sorted out everything with them, and I'm just waiting confirmation. They already Great. said that they're, that they're like only some formal paperwork is left, and they're satisfied with all the. With wow, all good
1: all the for problems. you, Magamia. Yeah. That's Incredible. really yeah. impressive.
2: So, yeah, so, hopefully by the end of this year, Kajitak and Kupachi, they will have their own codes and officially on the international level will be will be uh, recognized as the languages.
1: Mal- nice. the language. uh-huh.
0: I want to transition us here. This is unbelievable. Obviously. uh there, there's so much you're passionate in this conversation about Magomed. Your area of expertise is in language. No, um, no, no.
2: Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I I, wanted, I I meant to make this remark in the beginning, but I forgot to say. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a software engineer, right? And I'm very young. So from those, from those two facts... Two very important implications follow. First is that my understanding of this sure, certain sure. Of, of this uh, of of this phenomena and and, and my opinion on, on on this state might be very vague, uh, very shallow, and very naive. And second thing is that I'm software engineer, therefore I, I, I do not possess very extensive expertise in these matters of of language and history and sociology. So please, I would warn everyone against taking <laughs> my words as very credible stuff. Obviously, everything I say. I, I'm being as genuine as possible, but I'm also yeah. can make
1: mistakes. So, you, yeah. well, you know, I think, think it gives you an advantage, Magimed, not being a linguist. I think it's easier. It could be easier for people to kind of dismiss the linguist as, well, that's his thing. But you are like, quote, normal guy. Like you're doing software engineering and, you know, you're at school. How old are you? 20. You're 20. Wow. I wow. mean, I, I, what I want to grab from this is it does not take a professional to make a big change. It does. You don't have to be a You know, you don't need the PhD to care about something and to, to bring about actual material change like this. I'm, I'm really impressed. Yeah. And I encourage so you in you, that.
0: Let me, Magomed, you actually, there's an interview we're going to link. You did online to this uh, podcast, but you have a great quote in that interview that I want to jump off of that with Eli, what Eli just said. um, the interviewer asked you, what are your hopes for the future of Kaitag and other local languages? And you said, no, this was translated from Russian, but the translation in English is really well, good. No, it
2: wasn't translated. I gave it interview you in English. It ah, just well, words as
0: is. It's very well said in English. So I used to think that everything was lost, but now I believe that even one single passionate person with a cheerful attitude and the right tools can turn the tide of the battle. I mean, that is... I when I read that, I got chills down my spine. It's it's really true in a lot of ways. Um and so let's transition because we we've talked about a lot of things here. You you just said you're okay, not your expertise, you're very humble. That's another great quality we could talk about, but um your area of kind of that you work in is software engineering, right? So you've taken those gifts and what now are, how are you applying them to this situation to bring change specifically the language portal that you've created?
2: Mm-hmm. So, you know, this language is, this language portal is kind of started as a, as a, as a maybe experimental playground, let's say where I just tried to do anything because doing nothing wasn't an option. Cause hmm. you see it when, when, I, when wow. I, when I left Dagestan for my, for my bachelor degree, you know, it's, I think it's a common thing oh, with many with many occasions that when they leave their homeland and they go into other parts of the world in, in other parts of russia as well they they obviously come into different societies and with, with, with different with different mentalities different behavioral patterns let's say and they start to question these things about self-identity and and and, and culture and they try to find their place in this world so this is this is exactly what was happening to me and at one at at one point, kind of, I, I realized that who I am and uh, which responsibility do I have? Because I mean, language it's 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 my responsibility. It's my intellectual property, and I it's it's my responsibility. And I have to take care of it. And therefore, I thought, okay, how can I take care of it? And I and then I thought, okay, I'm I'm a software engineer, right? So I should probably try to to to, to create something using my skills and apply those yes. skills for the things I care about. So this is how it so started. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean that <laughs> what a great practical just kind of piece of advice or exhortation to our listeners. You know, if you if you don't know what to do, take the skills you have and start just start where you start, are. Yes, use those to add value, you know. Um, so tell us a little bit more about it's called Afsag, I know. And especially I'm real interested. Who are some of these other uh, people from the Caucasus working with you in right. it?
2: So this AFSAG is like I said, it. It was, I'm developing it now for a year and a half, I think, just yesterday I've, I've, I've uh, released a new part of the site, which is the, the interlinguistic Dictionary, and, and initially I obviously, so let, let me tell you uh, how it's all certain and how I was progressing. So initially, initially, I was creating it just for my own language, and l- like I said, my language is not officially recognized, therefore there, is, there are no books, like no no anything. No, you know, no, no alphabets, just barely nothing. And, uh, oh. and, and I, I wanted to, c- to, to, to create something for it. And since I'm not a linguist and uh, I took the simplest thing that I could understand, you know, it's, it's, it's the sounds, you know, it's the alphabet kind of the, the thing, that kind of the most simplest thing that you, that, that come to your mind when you think about language. So I created this, this, uh, this uh, uh, sort of interactive Maybe alphabet where you could click on the le- on the letters and, and, and uh, hear the the samples of their pronunciation. Great. So initially, I created this only for Kaitag, and then I thought, okay, you know, my language is not the only one in our family who is who is unrecognized. That we have Kuba students, we have we have other dialects. So why I don't just take this solution? Because you see, this uh, this uh, programs, these IT solutions, they are very easy to scale. You have one project, mm. and you yes. then you just. You just you 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 keep the logic and you just plug in different data and it works mm-hmm. if you wow. properly develop it of course and this is how I thought and then I expanded it to 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 include akusha you know this the the literal uh, the the basis for literal dargwa and then you can go onto site so let me just
0: so you have this is a website of is that right
2: yeah it's 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 a website it's a website and it works obviously on a phone on.
0: And which app? A V A V Z A G dot app.
2: So, uh, if we zoom in into the Dagestan, we can see that there is Kaitak, there is Apushai, and those two lesgic languages that are here. So, I okay, I go into phonology, and this is how it started. And just to give wow. you an idea of, of how different our, our 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 languages are. So, what you can do, you can include Kaitak. So, these are our letters, right? These are okay. our phonemes, and then you exclude akusha and those are letters that exist in my language but are absent in literal baguette. oh
1: man look at that oh, that's wow. like as many as are in the alphabet yeah uh, a so lot
2: and, and 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 my idea initially was okay so maybe akusha maybe a speaker of akusha would enter the site and would want to maybe just uh, maybe just you know familiarize himself with the with the with the, uh, the, the, the alphabets or, or the sounds of his fellow Dargic languages. So what would he do? He would he could can enter here and what he can do, yeah, he can include Kayak, he can explode Akusha, and those are sounds that present in that sounds that present in my language but absent in Akusha. And if an Akusha man uh, wants to be able to to speak my language, somehow he would want to learn those sounds. So he can just click on anything and then uh, I'm not sure if you can hear it.
1: No, but you know what? I'm gonna let's just yeah play a couple because I'll put I'll put some samples in right here in our recording.
2: All right. So, uh, you know, like any sound, and, and 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 this is how it this is how it uh, started, and uh, then I started expanding the stuff, and I once I, I realized that you know the problems that I'm facing with they are they aren't just the problems of my language. All the Caucasian languages they are more or less all the, all the north caucasian languages they're more or less on the same situation and have the same problems so i thought what about what about i i, I tried to do something that would allow us to to connect our languages directly because you see this is not wow. only the case with 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 our languages because kaitak and akusha they are they are uh, uh relative in close languages. but if you take for example kabardian Circassian, iran asetian and kaitak dargua those three languages from from three different, different parts right. of and and uh, three different linguistic families, you can just connect and see those languages together. For example, this is a joint table of all the phonemes, uh-huh. and so for example, I can I can click on anything, let's say, uh, and I can hear samples of this of this. Uh, wow. uh, I can hear samples of this phoneme in all our three languages. And for example, let's say I am a speaker of Kaitak and I want to familiarize with, with, with Kabardian language, you know, because perhaps I have a Kabardian friend with whom I want to be able to say at least a couple of words. And in that case, what I do, I exclude Kitak, I exclude uh, I, I okay, I exclude Iran, I exclude Kaitak, I include Kabardian, and those are sounds that I need to learn in order to be able to correctly pronounce okay. Kabardian language. And then and, and then there is this. Converter, well, uh, converter. Frankly, it's the only part of the site when there is no direct connection between the languages. But I think I made it just because it felt a cool thing for me to be able to uh, to move the, the you know the uh, writings and uh, and those letters between Cyrillic and and uh, and and Latin. And you know, in, in uh, Caucasus, and if, if you think about if you talk about Dagestan, we had historically various various uh, uh, various. Systems of writing. Initially, it was Arabic, right. Jam. Then it was for 10 years uh, Latin during Soviet times. Then it was transitioned into modern Cyrillic. Yeah, And if you if you talk about Assetian, if you look at Assetian, Assetians had, Assetians had four uh, historical. So there was this Cyrillic uh, modern, then there was this uh, uh, also modern uh, Latin alphabet that created in the South Assetia. Then there is Georgian that was used in Soviet times in South Assetia. Then Soviet, Soviet Latin, so you see and it's kind of Goodness. Intro, I thought i could I could bring value to them as well so if for Kaitag it is just a tool for me to play with you know to experiment with different latinization of my language and with, uh, with you know uh, kind of uh, well it's, it's just a tool that's all but for for assetians, I believe this tool provides some real value because they have already uh, you know considerable amounts of literature written in those different uh systems of writing right. and I, I thought it would be convenient for them to be able to transition between them.
1: all mm-hmm. right so what you're saying is <clears throat> right now we have two two side-by-side boxes that looks like a translator like in google translate but you're saying it just changes the script from like for example you put Cyrillic in and then you can get a um transliteration in english or in Latin script, or and and so for the Ossetian, for example, they can go between Georgian and Cyrillic or whatever, right? Right. And you, you and, programmed all this. Yeah. Like this is fun <laughs> yes. for you. Ah. I mean, obviously, it's fun.
2: I wouldn't do it if it wasn't Ex- fun. I mean, experimental
0: playground. <laughs> yeah. In your yeah, words, that, that's,
2: that, that's what it is. that's what it is. experimental
1: right, Here, playground. I've got I've got the um, the phonology tool up. And it didn't it didn't play. Let me see if I've got my what's going on here. Hello. I've got it muted. Here, let me try this again. We've got the phonology tool up. Cool Alright, I hear it. So that's t- that's that's I've picked this letter, which uh-huh. is T apostrophe. Yeah, ta. t. uh. Cool ta. Cool ta. And then how about let's hear there's some crazy ones here. No offense, sorry. This one looks <laughs> this one looks really crazy. Whoa. Oh. So the and, yeah the okay. uh-huh. to have this letter there's four characters in in Russian wow. to get this sound it's a K with a hard stop K hard stop. Wow. And
2: and and and, and there is another letter
1: w- with five characters. It is all due
2: to the to the Soviet time Latin uh, Soviet time Cyrillic, Cyrillic script that is not at all optimized for our languages. <inaudible> they just <inaudible> smashed. They just smashed Russian letters and wrote our languages with them. But they're obviously not optimized because in my language, you can see there are a lot of letters with four characters and there is even one letter with five characters.
1: But, <laughs> good, good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So,
2: so I thought, you know, it's, it's also was kind of part of my research. I look at this script and I see, oh man, like this is not okay. Why, why, why would anyone write one sound with five letters? I can say, okay, I can understand one character, two characters, but five characters, that's a lot. And so I kind of started playing with the stuff and, yeah, it turned out to be usable particularly right. for a setting. W-
1: what am I saying in, in Hightag? Ready?
2: All
1: right, so let me proceed. To it. <laughs> what, what, you're asking me? Yeah, do you know what I just said? What my phone said? I am, I am the one who voiced it. <laughs> <laughs> you still haven't answered. Okay, well
2: I'm happy to see you. I'm, I'm 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 glad to see you. I'm glad to meet you. Yes,
1: so- yes, yes, glad to see you. <laughs> that was amazing. He,
0: he he responded to you with incredulity, he's like, like uh, that's my voice.
1: Like, this is my website. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my goodness, you're you're in my realm, you know now. <laughs> yeah. So wait, did okay. you get any this other? This is my house. Did you get any <laughs> other vocal talent, or is it all you? Is this
2: just you? No obviously obviously, for my language it's it's me, but for other languages, I'm not as experienced in in the ma- merits of pronunciation in Circassian pronunciation so this these other guys, which we'll talk about in a minute, so yeah, these are helping me a lot with with the translation and voicing of their
1: languages so yeah and have okay. you have you tested uh-huh. this like did you <clears throat> excuse me, like mm-hmm. other speakers of of Kaitag, have you played this for them and said, "What do you think and tested it, or yet you know do so, do they approve of of these Phrases and do they think it's accurate? Yeah, to, to one linguist of Kaitak who is the
2: speaker of Kaitak herself, she, yeah, she, she she likes it very much. But like I said, I'm, I'm not in Dagestan currently, but my semester ends in two weeks, which I hopefully pass all exams. And then I go to Dagestan and then I will be writing all the Dargic villages and trying, I will try to get the Kubachins wow. and Pushins and on board. Awesome. The project because this is the part. This this is the kind of main main idea of this of this project. When I was starting it, I obviously hadn't had this thought in my mind, but now I clearly see the purpose of this project. This mm. to connect the languages. It is to allow us to directly see the, the differences and the and the similarities between our languages. And for example, what you just uh, uh, played back on your phone, it is the it is the uh, it is the section of Facebook. And this Facebook, it, it allows you to directly. To directly see uh, the translation of phrases in, right. in in our languages, and moreover, because grammars of our languages are so complex, you are able to change certain grammatical parameters. So you see, for example, here it is kind of greeting for a woman.
1: Ah, and then,
2: well, so it's interactive. It's it's interactive phrasebook, and moreover, these are kind of uh, uh, these these translations and those grammars. They are connected in between languages because you see in Kabardian, as in any Circassian languages. They don't have this grammatical notion of gender, right? But okay. How would so Circassian? Okay. So a, a Kabardian man looks at this at this at this, uh, at this uh, translation of the phrase hello, and he clicks on my on 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 my uh, translation, and my translation changes, but his translation obviously doesn't change because when I'm changing the gender in Kaitag, Kabardian wouldn't change because they don't have it. That's why there are those those uh, kind of notes, you know, that would allow right. me so.
1: Right, the whole, so whole, so, the, so to greet a yeah. woman, you say one thing, and to greet a male, you say another right. thing. Right, And so you need to reflect that. And just clicking right. on it, it toggles between them. So right. that's very amazing. <laughs>
2: and, and, and perhaps, you know, uh, it isn't the, the case that uh, Kabardian would, would uh, inspect the translational phrases between, between Kajitak, the language far away in Dagestan, but let's say uh, Kabardians... Are a part of Circassian nation. Mm-hmm. They, uh, so, in particular, Kabardian is the eastern literal standard of Circassian. Yeah, and there is this western literal uh, standard which is called Adige. Mm-hmm. And what 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 Kabardian what Circassian person can do? Let's say there is Circassian from Kabarda, and he wants to go to to to, to Adigea, and in order to communicate effectively with their with with the locals, with his fellow Circassians in the west, he would want to be able to see the difference because obviously their languages are very close, but they're but there are still some differences between them. So he could go to any phrase, so you see, and he could see side-by-side translation in his Kabardian and in Adige. And this is how he would be able to more, to more, you know, to, to, to communicate with his fellow Circassians better. So I think it is a good, it is a good tool for consolidation of people. And it is a good tool for consolidation of of Dargic and Asetians as well and it, it, it is kind of answer to all those people who think that I'm separatist because I root for, for, for Kaitag. If I would root yeah. for Kaitak, I wouldn't <laughs> include all the Dargic branches. I have Akusha. Now I plan to include, right. include Kubachi language here as well because this is how we would consolidate. If I would meet Akusha people or uh, Akusha men or Kubachi men, if I, I would look at those uh, phrases side by side, And it would be enough for me just to be able at least to understand him. And this is how we would consolidate. This is how we would build Uh. bridges between our languages within Caucasian (sighs) republics and cross-Caucasian republics. Wow. And, uh, for example, the the, the last thing which I'm very proud of and which uh, I just released yesterday, so it's a dictionary that allows you to translate between languages. So, for example, a Kabardian man can can, uh, print something like, I don't know, it's it's like cool and would receive translation in his and in adige side by side oh. or for example i know amazing so sidda. and he for example can can see the, the parts of the body side by side and and uh, one to five this is it and you see this uh, kind of and he would see okay a kabardian person uh, enters the site. he sees that all the numerals in in his language are the same as in adige except for five so in kabardian five is and in Adige it's. Tf. And when he would go to Adigea, he would hear uh, 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 Adigea Circassian say, tf, yes. the Western Circassian say, and he would understand that it's just his, and there would be no barrier to their communication.
1: You know what? This reminds me, Andrew, of when we spoke with some students at, uh, in Pitygorsk, and we, we heard them say that they were all from the North Caucasus, but they had never met certain other peoples from the North Caucasus, you know, like this kind of tool might seem super, it is super specialized, but it's totally relevant because of, because of these divisions, I think, uh, you know, among the peoples, very relevant.
0: Yeah. It's really neat. Essentially, you know, people like you were saying, uh, people are accusing you of being, you know, whatever, just rooting for the Khitan or a language separatist, but, it's kind of like you've created this super league of languages uh, and each one, yeah, can participate as much as they want. You know, it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, Wow. So you have on this map, just so for our, our listeners, I see Adigi Kabardian, two kind of forms of Asetian, Iron Asetian and Digur. and then there in Dagestan, there's uh, Kaitag. What are some of the other ones you have there? So Akusha, Akusha which is and another, another
2: language, and yeah, so these two are Dargic languages, and those two are Leseic languages. So the is uh, one one, let's say, dialect of Leseki, and Karen is one dialect of Agul. So Karen is the one that which is Abdurahim is working wow. on on the site. So this wow. is his language, Keren.
0: Amazing. And then you've got Georgian too. Is that right?
2: Well, it. it Uh, This is the most, like, crazy addition to the site because it was contributed by some American guy who I don't know. He just said, okay, I like the website, so let me just add Georgian," and I couldn't say no to him. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, the whole system is open source. The whole system is open source and the tools for editing languages are all available and all are, you know, open so anyone can do anything. So he just op- so said, and, and apparently had some knowledge of Georgian, so he contributed it and then I accepted Amazing. Who,
1: who was right, he? So, can uh, I ask who he was? I wonder if we know I don't him. know. I don't know what he is. He just wrote <laughs> to me. On, on, yeah. I don't know. It was a surreptitious language contribution, an anonymous yeah, uh, language philanthropist. <laughs>
2: All
0: right,
2: so man, uh, so you just mentioned you just mentioned this this thing about Petegorsk that uh, you, you told that, the, the, that there was a whole bunch of different peoples from various parts of Caucasus, but they never met, which is other. Is that what you said?
0: Yes. Yes. Correct.
2: Yeah. This is this is this is the problem which I wanted to talk about also, and I think this is the the thing that I am trying to, to fix with the with the with my project and I and this is this will be the answer to your question that you want to ask me about how did I met with with Azamat and Taimuraz and all those uh, contributors to the site. So you see and, and this is this is equally equally true for all the North Caucasian republics. There is complete there is super hyper centralization towards Moscow. So for average yeah. for, for, for average uh, inhabitant of, of of dagestan there is mahachkala or khasavyurt or djerbent you know one of those, right. uh, one of those big cities in the plain lands where he lives. then there is his ancestral village in the mountains yep. where his uh, grandfathers and grandmothers live and which he visits perhaps once or twice in a year on the ho- on the occasion of holidays yeah and then there is moscow which uh, where he perhaps studies or works um, and generally where most of the business happens but you know most of the people in dagestan they, they, they don't even know the uh, linguistic or historical landscape of the mountainous regions uh, besides of their their, their village they, yeah. they they don't know which other ethnicities and languages are their neighbors because we all here we, we, we all came to mahachkala and and we all uh, we all talk russian and and we all kind of uh, call ourselves Dagestani, but people have to realize that Dagestani, like Dagestani, is, is is it's. I mean, what they want to say is that there is more to it than Dagestani. I yes. would absolutely, I would be absolutely sad to see Dagest yeah. Dagestan completely homogenized and completely speak one single rage one single language. Yep. And, yeah. you know, so yeah, and this is what I'm trying to solve. And 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 then there is this this problem equally equally true for all the North Caucasian republics. How many people in Dagestan know where is Assetia or where is Kabardino Balkaria or how many people know who are Circassians or who are Setians or like Abkhaz or or yeah. Abaza? You know, those are our neighbors. And how I get those people on the board? How I get to know Taimuraz and Azamat and Abdrakhim? Obviously, Abdurrahim is from Dagestan, so that's not. Nothing particularly crazy here, but for example, how I get to know Azamat is uh, on, on my first holiday when I was in university. I, I, well, so but when I was in university, when I left Dagestan, like I told you, I started to question these things about self identity and other stuff. So I started reading the books, you know, and then reading historical books and, and, yeah. and, and learning language and stuff. And then in, in, in the books, when I was reading about the Caucasian War, uh i i started discovering these things and 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 the events that were happening in dagestan mm. and obviously in, in dagestan we know Chechens right because Chechens are our, our, our closest brothers like uh, right how can you not know Chechens but then i just did, while reading stuff i i i i realized that there there are other people there are circassians you know i i i never heard of them before oh, before wow. i left dagestan but i started reading books and for example the thing wow. that's, that that's just amazed me is that i read in the in the in, you know, you know there's this famous chronology of Caucasian war Bari al-jamiliya fi al al-jamiliya you know this of Muhammad Tahir al-Qaraxi It is very very you know very how should i say very uh, precise uh, very precise record of all the events and uh-huh. in, in this record there was mention of one circassian scholar Ibrahim Hajir. Al Al Al, Al- who stood the last stand with Imam Shamil on the mountain of Gunib. Yes.
1: And I was oh,
2: wow. amazed. Like, okay, who are Circassians? And then I started reading stuff about them. I started reading the uh, uh, diaries uh, of those Englishmen who were in Circassia, for example, uh, sure. L- Longsword or, or G- George Bell or all those or Urquhart. Right. Know, and, and 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 I started reading this all this all this all this uh, memoirs of those Englishmen, and 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 I just realized, hey, those people are like us. No, the, the, their behavior patterns, their their culture. Then I obviously was looking at their at their images, their clothes, their traditional clothes and stuff. Mm, and yep. I thought, hey, they're they're just like us, you know? Why wouldn't I go visit them and see who are they? Because I felt, like, okay, you know, I live I live most of my life in Dagestan, but I never heard of them. But I'm obviously I'm Caucasian, and they're Caucasian just like me. So why ah. wouldn't I go there and 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 learn about them more in place? So this is how. On my first holiday in university, I came to Dagestan on the summer. Then I bought a ticket on a bus, and I went to Nalchik. And wow. I, and I just, yeah, out of crazy. I, I, I didn't have anyone there. I didn't know anything. I just thought, like, okay, like I, I need to know people around me. So this is how it yeah. started.
1: Mahogamid, I want to affirm you in that. In I, what you're talking about, that kind of orientation to the world, uh, you're someone who crosses over. You know who's willing to leave his own comfortable space and what is known, and it doesn't necessarily make you better than anyone else, but it is not common. I can say that as someone who also has lived, you know, kind of crossing borders. It is not like a, our, I would say, our most basic human instinct to go into what is different and unknown. And as that kind of a person, I think you have a, a, an amazing opportunity. To be a bridge, to to be kind of the, the connector or kind of the, the voltage. Yeah. Uh, an analogy I, I learned from a professor was kind of a voltage transformer. You know, in in the US we have um what do we have, fifty hertz and in Europe there's sixty hertz, and if you plug a machine in over there and then it fries and here you know, you need something that can take the different similar but different power level and 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 translate them. And I just really want to affirm you in that um, your example, I think, w- speaks really loudly, and I think other people will follow the example that you set and just to keep mm-hmm. it up.
2: Thank you. I try to I try to bring some change because like this is this is really not how it
1: should be. Uh, Corpus is ecosystem,
2: and this is also the if you just look at the linguistic part of what I do. The reason why i I also generalize this system to be able to include other languages is that i I recognize that you can't just care about your own language while completely neglecting the needs and problems of your neighbors because if your neighbors are not in good shape, this will certainly affect you and if your neighbors are on rise and if your neighbors are in place of active development, you will follow so Cocosus is indeed an ecosystem, so you can't just you know uh, you, you can't just look at one particular n- nationality
1: or one. Well particular... said,
0: yeah. really well said. Man, Magomed, obviously we could keep talking for hours. Um, let's try to land this plane. Thank you so much for all you shared. Um, I think it's a great reminder that so often we only know about the things we care about or even, you know, the certain sources of news information we read but it doesn't mean it's not significant if we don't know about it you know and like everything you just shared about your small region of Dagestan essentially it's like a county i mean Dagestan would be like a state in the united states and then it's broken up into these counties but the passion you were sharing about and even there within that county kind of like the different townships or cities how passionately that kubachinsky and Titovsky and Chirovsky, how strong they feel about each language. It does matter, you know, even if you don't know anything about it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you gave two um, practical ways that you can kind of lift your eyes above what you see every day is reading, you know. You learned about the Circassians, Circassians just from reading history books. And then you, you put money where your mouth was, bought a bus ticket to the Nalchik, and went to... <laughs> Covering in Bulcaria, you know, and then now you've met guys from there, and you're working with them. It's really cool. Um, so essentially, reading and then building new relationships with different people, you know. So yeah, well done, really commend you for that. Um, Eli, go ahead and ask your question, then we'll wrap it up here.
1: Well, I I really think uh, there's a really important connection. I'm curious to ask about, and Andrew has it in his interview questions. Can you tell us real briefly um, about? Any arts or um, handiworks that are specific to Kaitag people or Kaitag villages?
2: Well, there are those famous Kaitag embodiments that are the oldest, you know, uh, fancy colored carpets. That uh, that they're not big, they're not large, but they're they really uh, show some 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 intricate ornaments and yes. and, and, and and very 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 complex uh, complex. Patterns ingrained in them. So, yeah, this is, I think, the thing that we're most famous is. But obviously, it, it, we're looking back to the history, uh, Kaitak that. so the ruler of Kaitak Utsmeh, the state that was there, his title was Utsmi. And in the, in the 17th century, the Utsmi Rustem, he created this codex of Rustam Khan, which was the first uh, codex of customary law in the Dagestan. Okay. So I think this is also this is also something to remember about us, that that yeah. But but in modern times, yeah, these are these are uh, wow. Uh,
0: yeah, he is really famous for it's the silver work, right? Yeah, that they do right. there. They're
1: super. They're super good at it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that was that was actually one of the connections I was noticing. You know, we talked about how language vitality is connected to many other spheres in life. And, you know, Kubachi has created really a brand for itself as silversmiths, and they have developed it, and it's unique and beautiful. Um, But what I've learned is that pretty much everywhere you turn in the Caucasus, people have some unique handiwork, you know, some region. And as part of language development, one of my interests is arts development, you know, and to you know so maybe it's just a question for thinking about or something we could you know explore in the future together how might developing you know local industries around arts contribute to that whole picture of that that identification and strengthening of that um that particular language and and, and culture so we'll talk more about it later trust me <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Magomed, we wrap up all our interviews with our guests with this one question. If there's one thing you could tell the world about the North Caucasus, what would you tell them?
2: I think uh, I would say that North Caucasus is an area where you can find ultimately high grade of culture and ethical standards amongst people. And uh, and over the last two centuries, due to uh, certain events, uh, those those values and those standards uh, became covered in a dust a little bit, but we're working hard to uncovering them, bringing them back to use and making them shine again. And uh, I, I know when I say about high standards of culture and and, and, and morals, it all uh, sounds very abstract. So let me just bring you a couple of examples uh, that would illustrate what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, you know, all, all those uh, Caucasian nations, they have their own codexes of honor circassians call it habza Assetians yeah. call it aghdau uh, then uh, in people call it asdel then yeah. uh, in, in 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 dagestan it's it's called yah and uh, and and adat but uh, but they're all the cultural basis of 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 all of them is 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 quite similar it's 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 um, so let me just bring one example that uh, so this example is from Circassian. I, I I read it in one historical book, and this this uh, example really, really like it, it, it. really amazed me. So one wow. uh, one Circassian uh, kind of a prince or noble uh, Muhammad had uh, had It's uh, his name in in Magomed. So yeah, Circassian <laughs> phonology is hard. you know. But yeah. So, so uh, this this Muhammad. He he mm, made a revenge on some traitor who did some really bad crime on his village. So that there was some some some, some criminal. He was also that, that criminal was also a Circassian and he like burned his, his village, did something really bad. And that when this Muhammad Atajukian he, when, when he avenged that guy who caused uh-huh. so much trouble to, to all the people, and when people who he avenged asked him. What happened like how did you punish him he didn't he didn't start you know like uh praising himself how he was there how he was shooting precisely how he overwhelmed that guy he simply answered <laughs> which means rifle shot enemy fell as if he wasn't even here you know he didn't say I I catched him. Wow. I I I I overwhelmed him. I I shot him. Like you know, he just said, very very, very concise and very very
0: modest. Magomed, that was such a I love the word you used, elegant uh, way to really just say yes or no and ask them directly. You know, <laughs> uh, can my son marry your daughter? Um, but yeah, you're right. There's so many nuances. It's very complex and. Uh, Really, how you described it, we'd say it's a win-win for both sides.
1: Magimed, thank you for your time. Thanks for your efforts. Listeners, we're going to have all sorts of links in the show notes. And um, please check us out on our Facebook page. Uh, under Caucus Talk. You can email us at podcast at caucustalk.com. Check out our website with all of our episodes are available, plus a few other things if you want to contact us. And as always, on whatever platform you listen, please leave us a review. We haven't gotten a review for a while, but we just got a new one. And please click those stars if you think we're worth five of them. Give them to us. They help us um, help our listenership and our reach. So... This has been a lot. Again, Magimed, all the best to you. Thank you. Best day as well. And day Listeners, we will see you all when you get here.